This episode is brought to you by Essentia. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Hi everyone, hope you've had a good week. Welcome to Series 2 of Soap from the Box, the ultimate TV podcast. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed some of the country's biggest soaps for over 10 years, including EastEnders. And on the first of two episodes this week, I've reunited two of EastEnders stars who played brothers quite a few years ago. Enjoy. Okay, so I've got two guests on today's podcast. They played Tyler and Anthony Moon in EastEnders, both cousins of Shane Ritchie's Alfie Moon, joining in 2011 when I was directing on The Square, and both became certified heartthrobs. Please welcome Tony Discipline and Matt Lepinskus. Hello, boys. How are we? <laughs> Hello, Lou. You are, mate? Yeah, good. How's it been? I mean, it has been years, because I can't believe it's 2011 you joined. Yeah, yeah. A long time ago, man. Yeah, is that early 2011? That seems like yes, a long time ago, doesn't it? Seems like a long time ago. It seems a long time ago, but then when you look back, it doesn't seem that long ago. I mean, I'm always surprised how long ago that is. But I always start. I think I remember you. I think I was there when you joined. Because I think I gave you a tour of the sets and stuff, didn't I? I think you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think what, Tony, because you, you joined first, didn't you, Tony? And then you were there for a few months, breaking breaking ladies' hearts, and then they got me <laughs> in. I don't know about that, mate. <laughs> so for both of you, like, Tony, what was it like getting, I mean, obviously going into EastEnders is, you know, one of the biggest things you can do as an acting job. What was it yeah. like for you, Tony, first joining? Was it just like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I I was, it was unbelievable for me when I first walked on the square because I've watched it for years and you kind of go, oh my God, as if I'm working on this. Yeah, it was um, surreal. That it was, it was, uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, surreal would be the right, the right word to use. I mean, I, I was down the fish market. So before EastEnders, I was a fish porter at Billingsgate Fish Market. And um, I actually finished work on a Tuesday at the fish market and started uh, EastEnders on the Thursday. <laughs> so, so it was, was yeah, it took, it took, it did take a little while to get used to. Um, and so that was your big first, that was your big, first big TV job then? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 First, first big TV job. Um, and yeah, it was kind of like EastEnders, your first as your first TV job. Yeah, um, just just easing gently. And what yeah. about you? And what about you, Matt? Was it was it your first TV job? Yeah, so I was I was straight out of drama school. It was one of my first auditions as well. Um, it was uh, it was crazy time, but I think for me, my time going in there was it was just so good to be with um, with Tony and coming in as a family and not sort of being by yourself. Um, it made everything a lot easier, um, which was just uh, incredible. And being with like David Essex playing our dad, it just we had a real good like friendship and a good partnership, like off screen and on screen straight away. So it really helped. Yeah, there was a really nice vibe. And did you two? So they got a duo audition together as well. Yeah, yeah, we did, didn't we, Tom? We um, we we had a couple of auditions. They had like four Anthony's and four Tyler's, and they put like me and Tom together like straight away. And then, um, and then, yeah, the rest was history. Really, we uh, we had a little kiss, and we was all ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and do you both remember? Can you remember your first? What your first scene was? They always people always say they remember everything about their first scene and their last scene because obviously the first scene you're just dreading it. But can you both remember your first scene, Tony? You go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I had to drive the Jaguar. So in the storyline. Um, Eddie Moon, uh, David Essex. He he was on the he'd been on the square for a little while, blah blah blah. And um, I pull up in this nice Jaguar. So I remember walking up to the square, and and uh, yeah, we had to drive this Jag. But my foot was shaking on the accelerator. So as I'm trying to 
play it cool and drive around and you can just hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, yeah it was uh it was very nerve nerve-wracking but also you know brilliant and also, if, if the people listening, like that square is absolutely tiny, isn't it? You can't actually drive a car around the whole square because you'd never be able to get around in one go. So it makes it even actually harder driving. <laughs> I think I, I did a driving scene with an actually joint festival as well. And they were bunny hopping like all down the road. So and you feel so, so it's like not only have you got to act, you've also got to drive a car. That's like a Jaguar as well. It's not easy. It's not easy. And what about you, Matt? What Can you remember your first scene? Yeah, my first scene was with the beautiful uh, Gillian Wright, um, who plays oh, uh, Jean Slater. Yeah. It, was in, uh, it was in the mini mark, I think, and I came in pretending to be um, someone called Ronnie Corbett. It was like a building inspector or something like that, and it was basically just like a fake story that we were doing to try and swindle someone out so we could get the uh, Emporium. And then there was like a standoff between us all, and then uh, we went into the Vic, and then it all just broke into laughter and then it was just yeah it was just a real nice setup and then I think like a week later we had a massive fire on the square yeah we we kind of came in quite hard hit it quite you know full on we was there for um well, I think we were filming like the first three or four weeks I swear they were like six day weeks or seven day weeks home I think they were really busy weren't we yeah yeah I think because um David only had about three months didn't he a certain amount of yeah. time so he had a lot, lot of stuff to... Uh, yeah, he did. He came up a really short time. And actually, it's quite funny you joke because he was like... <clears throat> I remember all the women going mad that David Essex was joining because he was like the biggest heartthrob back in his day. My mum was beside herself that he was joining. Yeah, they did a massive, um, massive, like, uh, you know, when they do like a character coming in and it was like David walking down the street and all the girls like coming out and looking at him. But he was... The one thing all the ladies said about him is just he was such a gentleman. He was such a, you know, and so respected, and he just got, re- just really got stuck in with the work. Like we, it was, it was amazing him playing our dad. It was just um, a really good sort of like learning curve as well. I think both for our first job, um, to have someone like that sort of like mentor us and like nurture us as our father on the show was just was just incredible, really. Yeah, no, it is great when you have, and also obviously there was Steve John Shepherd, wasn't there? Who played Michael. He came in after you, yeah. Didn't he? yeah. Um, who are, I, I mean, think he, I think he was already there, Lee. I yeah, think he was already, already there. there. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the moons are quite big. So let me go through. So Tony, we'll start with you as Tyler. So he was described as a heartthrob and a lady killer. He joined. Hey. His, he kissed Roxy, <laughs> dated Poppy Whitney, had a one night hey. stand with Lauren, and kissed oh. Lucy Bill. Oh. Uh, you dog, Tony. Yeah. Very, very lucky. Very, very lucky. To be fair. And what was it like? What was it like? I mean, whenever you have to do, I mean, especially because it's your first TV job. Like I know from directing, even like kissing it is weird because it's like suddenly two people you haven't met. What was it like? Um, first kiss, first kiss. I can't. Do you know what? I can't actually remember. That's a proper. That's a proper bloody heartbreaker saying that. I can't, even, <laughs> I can't even remember the girls. <laughs> do you know what it is? It's probably well. I was so nervous. It's just been knocked out of my memory but I do remember the kiss with Rita Roxy in um coming out of the Vic because it was we had to kind of film the kiss stumbling I can't remember if it was stumbling into the Vic or stumbling out of the Vic so there was a yeah there's a bit of logistics behind it but it, it's, yeah, it, it, it is strange because obviously you've got 30 or 40 people watching now um yeah yes. and, and it's someone you don't really know I mean Rita would be a great person to do with because she's so hilarious so I'm sure that wasn't too uh, nerve-wracking, but yeah, it is. It's just a yeah, weird, great. and especially because obviously, you're as an actor, you're supposed to put across that you really fancy this person, so you got to get, really get into it. I always just think, did you have girlfriends at home and stuff? I always just say, oh my god, I'd be killed if I had to go in and work and do that. <laughs> well, lucky enough, Rita's a very beautiful lady, so that was uh, that wasn't a problem at all. Oh, but... yeah. No, you didn't have a you didn't have a bad list of people there, mate. It was like no, no, I, I had a touch. <laughs> I had a touch yeah, you had a good. Um, Thank you to the writers of EastEnders for that one. And what was it like? Because did you watch EastEnders, Tony, before you joined? So did you kind of know these people from telly or was it all new? I dipped in and out of it kind of thing. I, you know, like I was where I was at the fish market, I was usually in bed by, you know, eight o'clock a lot of the time anyway. So I'd kind of, I didn't get to watch it all the time, but I was, I was definitely aware of a lot of the characters. And did you watch it? Like some people say, did you watch it before you joined as well? Like, as in when you got the part? Because Nina Wadia, who played Zainab, was like, she, she's the only person who said it, like studied it because she was like, she just wanted to know where to, you know, what character was kind of missing there to where to aim it for. Did you kind of 
study or I mean that would have made me too nervous studying it before I joined something like that. Um, I did a little bit, yeah, yes, yeah, I did, yeah. I sort of watching that for the moons, um, you know, Cat and Alfie, their relationship, and yeah, yeah, it's a similar sort of thing where where I could come in and you know what my place would be on the square, as it were. So then, Matt, as Anthony, you were described as someone who will rely on his brains and natural uh, wit to find a more sensitive solution to any conflict. Not quite as sexy in his introduction as Tyler, but. He was a, still a great coach. So what was your, you know, when they when they brought you in, Matt, did they give you an inkling of like what was to come for the for you, for your character? Or was it kind of all new to you as it came along? It was kind of like we were going in. As obviously when you go in as brothers, you, you get compared straight away to Phil and Grant, you know, and you, uh, you've got that sort of iconic uh, brothership sort of there. So we wanted to kind of like create something that was a bit different that, the show didn't really have at the time, which was that sort of like, you know, the, the cheeky chappy sort of like London, couple of London boys in there. Cause I mean, there, there was a few like others in there, but not what sort of Tyler and Anthony brought, you know, the, the banter between the brothers, the sort of, you know, going uh, and sort of getting the girls, playing them off on each other. Um, but also having that connection with the family that sort of nothing sort of came between us. The only thing that really did come between us was kind of women. Um, <laughs> so it, it had that real life, sort of aspect to it but you know I think we I think we did that I think we got a nice rapport from the audience and um and that's why I think like we we stayed around for a little bit longer because I think initially I was only signed for three months as well as well as David so um that got extended because obviously it, it was it was going quite well um and uh, and yeah it was just it was just great to work with everyone on there and, and create different things and I and um, really enjoyed every every sort of second of it really and then did you, I mean, obviously going in a show like that does change your life overnight once you've gone out on TV. Did you find, did you notice instantly when you've gone out on TV that the change and obviously people recognising you? Yeah, it was it was a strange one because I did, um, I I stayed local for mine. I did a big um, sort of screening at a, a, a pub that my mate was a sort of manager at or he worked behind the bar and I did a big screening, a big charity event for, for my uncle who passed away just before. And all the money got donated to um, his cause. So it was like, um, we did all that. And then the next day, I think I just popped into Staines, like where I lived, just to get something. And people were like, oh, my God, it's Anthony Moon. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah. Hi, you're all right. Then I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, because obviously, like, I've lived here all my life. And probably the same thing with Tony as well. When Tony was on it, you know, uh, just it's just crazy, isn't it? It was a... And especially when we went out together, it was just it was just dynamite. Was it the same for you, mate? Did you suddenly have people coming up? I mean, obviously you did. It was kind of almost like an out-of-body experience. Um, you're sort of there, and then you're kind of watching yourself go, what is going on? What is happening? What is happening there? Um, but I remember the first time was probably, I think it was up Blue Water. I was doing a bit of shopping, and um, yeah, someone come up for a picture or something like that, and it was... Uh, yeah, it was very, very surreal. And what did your what did your mates think of it? Did you did they? Because I, 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 when I go out with that, when I used to work with some guy, that's my god, it gets so annoying. You know, like you're out for a drink, and a million people come up, and you're just, oh, for God's sake, sort of drink. Did your mates deal with it well? Did they love the fact that suddenly this attention was here, or was it? Uh, yeah, you know what? I think I think I was pretty lucky, really, because I, I didn't, I, you know, everyone. Who came up, you know, comes up to me thus far. It's, it's always been quite jovial and light-hearted, and people were just sort of interested on, in what you're doing and what you're up to. So I like talking to people anyway. So it, it was never really an issue for me. It's part and parcel with a job, really. I think I think I had a I had a night when I was out. Um, I think we've been working for like two weeks solid because I think it was the last week David was there, and they had us in for like seven days, and it was the first sort of week day I had off and everything. I went down a pub with the boys, and Honestly, I barely saw them all night because I was being dragged from one place. Oh, can you come say hello to this person? Come say hello to this person. It got to the point where I was like, I just, I just had everyone back. I said, boys, can we just all go back to mine, please? Because I actually want to see you and just like spend some time with you. Um, so sometimes it can be a bit, uh, a bit much. But you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's one of those when you're on TV, you're kind of on people's TVs, and then that's it. You know, when you go out, you, you kind of, you can't really ever sort of switch off, really. I know you're kind of a bit there, probably. I think that's a good thing, I suppose, about especially that you're in it together as well. So you were going through the same experience at the same time. 
So you also both, so you're involved. I'm going to do a little quiz in a minute to see how much you remember about the characters, which also makes me be oh, able to do stuff. I know. Good luck. Don't worry, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's always really bad at it. Because I think actors, yeah, it's actors like learn a script, then it's forgotten. So story. Quick, get Google up, get Google up, Tony. Yeah, quick, get Google up ready <laughs> on your phone. But you did, um, well, first of all, obviously you ran the antiques business, which must, which I remember was a brilliant set. But that must have been amazing because that, you, did you both feel like then you'd cemented yourselves in the square? Do you know what I mean? If you get a set, you're kind of like, especially on the square, it's kind of big, a big deal. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you're saying there is it kind of, you've got your own, you've got a base kind of then, it's more, I suppose, more connection to the square and you're, mm. and you can, you're offering something to, to the, you know, to the square. I think it was, I think it was, that was a really nice, a really nice touch as well that we, we got that um, from uh, sort of the writers and, and Brian Kirkwood at the time, who was the producer, he gave us that sort of base um, underneath the arches um, in that spot. Which was quite a, like a prominent place as well. Um, so there was always when sort of the market scenes were there, we were always involved because obviously we would, that's where it was being filmed, and we was always sort of about. Um, but I think there was well, I think there was one time where um, I think Cat and Alfie got us to like they got Anthony and Tyler to like run the Vic for like a night, or we did like a lock in or something. I think when you when you're standing behind the Vic and me and Tony were there, I was I think I was looking at Tony. I was like. This is a bit surreal. It's Anthony and Tyler behind you know the, in the Queen Vic running it. It's just. Like yeah, that was that was a surreal moment for me. I remember when Barbara Windsor was there, she had a little um which no one listening will know. She so because she was so small, there used to be an extra level for Barbara. So she used to have her own platform <laughs> on the whole thing. That was brilliant. So she could see over the bar. That's brilliant. Um, brilliant. And you also uh well no, let's okay, let's start the quiz. So right, first one, two pipes up gets it, whether you can I mean then quite tricky actually but okay so when Derek played by Jamie Foreman demands money he's owed but the boys don't have it what did they agree to steal for him tracks on a train line or something was it oh near yeah near I'll take that I'll have a point for that thank you yeah yeah copper wire from a train track yeah that's what I said copper wire if you rewind it exactly what I said (laughs) so yeah well done mate 1.2 and Jamie Foreman I mean he's an amazing actor in Dunlow so you I mean you were surrounded by people that were just brilliant weren't you amazing to work with we got to work with some great people didn't we Tom we we kind of integrate I think the moon boys integrated more than like most of the characters we was around people's houses we was doing jobs for people so we got to work with like everyone we got to work with like rudy like we were we got to work with dot june brown um we got, we got to work with everyone yeah yeah very lucky very lucky man yeah david s is charlie brooks you did quite a bit with her didn't you as well because yeah a bit of charlie because charlie was with uh John shepherd's character yeah michael yeah and we did a lot with her as well when the sort of family was having a bit of a feud yeah, we did. We yeah, we got to work with everyone. It was amazing. She was one of my favourite people, actually. Um, She's great. And, and do you, I mean, so da- like you said, David Essex was only signed for three months. I think, in a way, um, you know, I remember thinking at the time, oh, it's a shame. Even though David's amazing, it's a shame they had someone that could only sign for three months because it's almost like signing the end of the moons before the beginning. Do you know what I mean? In a way, it must have been a yeah. bit frustrating having and I. Kind of know why they did it to get the name, but it's a shame. And it, but they definitely knew he was leaving after three months, which I always thought was a bit of a shame because then you lost quite quickly, like the matriarch of the family. Yeah, I think we, I think they tried to tried to sign him on for a little bit longer, but I think they gave us because because I was only signed for those three months as well. The way they wrote it, they kind of had Shane become like more of our mentor, um, and sort of like we were doing stuff with Alfie and like selling Christmas trees and stuff like this. And you know, we kind of had like that rapport. We managed to get in with them, but yeah, it would have been it would have been lovely to have that sort of father figure stay around. I think I think it would have been some really nice moments and some nice scenes as well. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how so goes. Right. So who made up the love triangle with Tyler and Whitney? Uh, would that be Joey Joey Brennan? No, oh, it might. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry, Fat Boy. Fat yes, boy. Fat Boy. Well done, Tony, mate. <laughs> well done, Tony. <laughs> and then obviously you went out with the show, obviously in real life, Matt. Was that weird, Tony? Was it because <laughs> that's quite a strange scenario that you're not normally in that you're playing brothers and one of you's going out there in real life and the other one's going out there in the show? It was absolutely fine for me. Like you know, we all had a great relationship. Sounds a bit incestual, doesn't it? We were <laughs> yes, yeah, no, right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun. We was all like, we was all really good mates. Like Tony was really good mates with Shona. I was, I was dating Shona at the time. Um, Tony um, was with Jacqueline at the time. You know, it was, it was, it was all different. But we all got along really well. So, and I, you know, how I 
I'm not I'm not a massive jealous type, so I wasn't gonna get jealous of Tony like yeah, and plus they're acting, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. Be, you've got to grow up very quickly. What about for you, Tony? Was it a little bit weird having to kiss the person your mates going out with? Um no, I mean you try and keep these things as professional as possible and me and Matt are you know close enough for it to have not have been an issue. Do you know what I mean? It's uh yeah, it wasn't it wasn't strange because Matt didn't make it strange, so it was uh I suppose yeah, you have the key. If Matt made it strange, then it would have been strange. A load of people do that when they're going to cars, go out with someone in the cars, because it must be nice going out with someone again in the same position. Yeah, yeah. And you're spending, you know, a lot of time with that per with you know, with that person, being on set and being around the set in your dressing rooms, you know. So I suppose naturally you kind of It's like a little um, like a little bubble in it, Tony. You know, you're with each other constantly, so you haven't really got time for anyone else, really. So you know, obviously, you're young and things and things happen, type of thing. So it was just just one of those things, really, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, when do you remember as well your first soap awards? I always think that's the weirdest night when you go to the soap awards for the first time. Oh, did we do the Teen Choice Awards? Was that the first thing we did? Ah, that might have been actually. Yeah. With Annie Mac, when we was like, hello, Wembley, and we thought it was really cool. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, so you went and presented an award on that at Wembley? Yeah, we presented like yeah. Best Boy Band or something. And, that's um, cool. It was actually a surreal moment for, I think, both of us, because it was when Ed Sheeran had like first come out. And I remember sitting there with Tony in the in the audience, and he's doing like his sound check. And it's literally just like me, Tony, and a few others watching Ed Sheeran like do his sound check. And now he's like, you know, who he is today. And it's like, it's just, I was, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. I think there was um, Rupert Grint was there as well, a.k.a. Ron yeah. Weasley. Um, Professor Green, there was a couple of others, weren't there? It mm. was, and everyone was sitting in that sort of, it was like a waiting room before you before you go on and, you know, announce your award or collect your award or whatever. Oh, do you know what, Lee? Do you know what, mate? I was sitting there and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? How have I got myself <laughs> I was selling sea bass three months ago, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm sitting here with Annie Mack and <laughs> about to present the award to ten thousand people. <laughs> I don't think that ever goes. Like and Sue Johnson was on the first episode of this series. He's obviously done loads, and he's like now an OBE or whatever. And she says she still has it to this day. She did Downton with Maggie Smith and spent the whole time just going, "Oh my god, I'm going to be found out." Do you know what I mean? I shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a big. That is a big thing, mate. Like I, I feel like that every day. Like, and I did feel like that every day, especially coming from the fish market. Every day, like every day, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get found out and kicked off the show." <laughs> <laughs> like, like I got you got Matt, who's a triple threat. Do you know what I mean? Sing, dance, sing. I could just about put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> <laughs> you can sing, Tony. You give us a song now. <laughs> every morning I do vocal warm ups now. Do I you? Love that. I swear to God, yeah, I do vocal warm-ups, mate. Just... That's it, mate. Is that because of Matt? Is that what he is that his him rubbing off on you? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Because I, I remember when we used to be in the uh, dressing rooms together, and Matt would pull out his guitar, someone else would sing, someone would be doing a bit of salsa or something in the corner. <laughs> I'll be, be sitting there like with me conkers or something. <laughs> that was you, Lee. That was you, Lee, doing the salsa, wasn't it? In the dressing room. Yeah, that was you me doing the salsa in the corner. Yeah. Tony was there giving his uh, sea bass tips. Yeah. 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 Three pound a pound. <laughs> but it's good. You came from, I like, I like when EastEnders cast genuine. It's kind of something really authentic. Do you know, Lazy Tony used to work on the market outside the studios in Boreham Wood. Oh, well, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Lazy plays Stasis. So she used to right. say, be on the markets and dream of like being in Albert Square and then became obviously one of the biggest characters on Albert Square. So it's so, um, it's so weird, isn't it? That's crazy. That is crazy. Thing is, it's such an iconic show, isn't it, EastEnders? Like, I do, you do look back and you go, like, blimey, like, I was part of that at one point. And it's, you know, it's, it's a privilege to say that. It's a massive privilege, I think, to look at it and be like, that was, you know, a, a, a massive part of our lives at such a, such a sort of like, a, you know, like a tender age, because we were both like 21, you know, it was, you know, a massive point in, in your life as a, as a human being, that sort of that time period. And we spent it doing something yeah. that we absolutely like loved. And we was, we was lucky to have each other, really, Matt, weren't we? Oh, 100%, but, mate. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think you guys, it's so nice that you had each other. Because I think that an experience like that would be so daunting if you just came in totally yeah. on your own. Do you know what I mean? Because A, you're yeah. with those cast, and B, you know, you're going on telly. And, and also, I think people were... I do think there's that thing of like, obviously, especially say when you do scenes in the Vic, you've got all eyes on you and almost everyone's always 
I remember Nina Wadia said on the podcast, <laughs> she said to Pam St. Clement after about two months, um, like, oh, you haven't really spoken to me. And Pam was like, I'll see how long you last first, darling. I <laughs> 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 don't think they were so used. I mean, Pam was lovely, but um, I think they're so used to seeing people come and go that it's quite a hard place, yeah. you know, in all jobs, it's quite hard to cement your place a bit, isn't it? Because, I mean, everyone's lovely, but almost they're, they're all testing you as well a bit. It's cool. So I see it, I, I kind of see it as like, um, it's kind of like a football club, really. I, I kind of see it as like a football club. Like, at the end of the day, we... There was a there was a manager there at the time called Brian Kirkwood, and he brought in sort of the, the players that he wanted to sort of play with and um, you know give his storylines to. And then obviously when sort of that manager departs, a new manager comes. Yeah, in that's a good way. And, and yeah. wants to yeah. wants to freshen it up, you know, wants to get rid of a few sign-ins and wants to bring in their own. And that's absolutely like absolutely fair, you know, because I was I think when when the new producer when Lorraine Newman came in and I went up to have a meeting with her and she told me that um, they weren't renewing my contract and I was like oh okay. That's fair enough. I went downstairs, told Tom, um, and and it was all good. And I think we went to an award ceremony like the next couple of days. And because we, we used to do all our interviews like together, because obviously it was the Moon Boys. And um, someone said to us like, you know, you boys have, have sort of taken the square by storm. Like everyone's really loving you, so we can't wait to see what's like next for you. And um, and I was told as well I wasn't allowed to say that I was leaving. So it was kind of like a moment where we were like, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things. One of those things, really. No, you're right. I mean, normally on soap, it is like the first, last in and the first out, generally. Do you know what I mean? Because they want to make oh, good, yeah. and it's like, and it's a shame because I think it takes, I think it takes a good couple of years to really establish, unless you go in with a story that's specific. Like I spoke to Louisa, who went in as a uh, Maya in Emmerdale to do the child grooming storyline. So unless you go in with something like that, I think it takes a couple of years yeah. to really establish yourself. Do you know what I mean? And get people to, because yeah. think how many cast are in it as well. There's so many people. Yeah, exactly. So, do you remember then, Tony, do you remember how Tyler left the square? Did you con Danny, who was Gary Lucy? That's right. Yeah, yeah. He conned, in the story, he conned Danny. Um, I think he was going through a bit, he was going through it a bit with Whitney. She cheated on him with Joey. So that was, and ah, oh, that was it. Uh, Anthony was on a cruise, had left yes. him, he was on a cruise. I still, am, I still am on a cruise, don't still on a cruise. And <laughs> you were on a cruise, didn't it, mate? <laughs> it's been a long cruise, mate. Tyler went and joined him on the cruise ship, didn't he? He was going to get, he was there, yeah. he was get, Tyler was going to perfect his singing and dancing on the cruise ship. <laughs> that's yeah. what, that's what it was. Oh, when I think back, I always think it would be funny if he missed, he missed the, uh, he missed. He actually missed the cruise. He turned up late, and now he's working in like a holiday camp or saying oh, like. <laughs> we could do a spin-off. We could do you guys in like Benidorm in Tenerife or something. Well, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I'd be for please. We go there. Yeah, I'd be there. Yeah, and Michael Moon could be there, kind of as the big uh, gangster drug lord in Ibiza. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's write it. And then t- uh, Matt, do you remember how you left? Um, I think mine was a bit dramatic. I think I I gambled like everything that I owned, like even the clothes I was wearing, I think. I gambled everything away to Derek Brannon. Yeah, was that's it? right. Yeah. Card game. So I think my character was having a little fling with his daughter, I think. It was Alice Brannon. It was played oh, yes. by yeah, 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 Jasmine, yeah, yeah. lovely Jasmine Banks. And um, and yeah, I think he gambled every, He gambled all his money away and then I, then I gambled the Emporium away. And then I, I can't remember what else I did. And then something else, and I left on the train. And, and then you went on a cruise ship. Of course, then on a cruise ship because Anthony can sing and dance, and uh, now yeah. I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing Danny in Greece. I have been every night. But I want to go back now to yeah. start with Tony. Just a bit about other stuff about your life. So you were born in 1989. See, I'm never you're normally allowed to say the age with girls and stuff, so I can say it with you and you're young, so it's fine. <laughs> in Gravesend, Kent. Um, and yeah. EastEnders, like we said, was your first acting gig. So had you, so like, so you were working on the fish market, so what was the train of thought? Do you know I mean, did you wanted to act? So I, um, I'd worked, when I was at school, I'd done work experience at a theatre lighting company. And uh, basically they gave me like a weekend job when I was at school. And so we'd go and light shows up and stuff like that. And from then, it kind of sparks a little bit of an interest for me. Um, you know, I'd never even considered it before. I never took note of it. You know, I'd never done drama at school or anything like that. But I started lighting these shows and, um, you know, we put the mirror balls up and 
for Strictly, actually, we put stuff up. But it, it just oh, got well. me... Yeah, yeah, we screwed quite cool. Um, but then completely forgot about it. I ended up, um, like I said, I had an apprenticeship with BT. Then I ended up down the fish market and um, I'd started my own company. So I was a fish porter down there and I had my own uh, delivery round that I got put together and I had a, fi- like a, a fish market store on the, on, on the weekend. Um, so I was kind of chasing the, you know, the business element. Uh, but my granddad, he was he was started off. He was doing, uh, you know, supporting artist stuff, you know, walk-ons and all that. And um, he just said to me, he went Tony, he said, "Look, you got all this spare time because with a fish market, you finish you're finished by about ten after ten in the morning." So I started doing a bit of extra work, done done on a bill. I was sitting on the jury at the bill. Yeah, that was cool. And it was actually the bill. I remember sitting there, and I'd done a few little parts up until this point. I remember sitting there just watching the whole process and kind of fell in love with it, really. Um, I, I drove everyone on that set mad as well. I was talking to them, I was like, look, I want to get into acting. How do I get into it and stuff like that? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're not really supposed to go and talk to the actors, but I was about 18 and probably drove them all mad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just young, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed and all that. But, um, yeah, so I, one you know thing led to know, I ended up at the Actors Centre doing uh, night classes while I was at the fish market in the morning, and then actor centre at night kind of thing. Um, yeah, done that for, for about 18 months, I suppose. And then just got to the point where I was like, right, I need to start really looking for an agent. But it's always a catch-22 situation. Like, you can't get an agent unless you've done the work, but you can't get work unless you get an agent. I know, so yeah, no, totally. I, f- I found myself in a little bit of, uh, you know, a position. So I just emailed about, it must have been about 30 or 40 agents just saying, look, I've got no experience whatsoever, but can I come in and audition for you? Can I come in and do a monologue or something like that? And just, you know, this is the situation, blah, blah, blah. And um, about, I think it was about two out of all of them come through and said, yeah, yeah, you can come in and audition. So uh, Robert Kelly Associates was the first one I had. I went in, auditioned for them, and it went really well. The next day, they said they emailed me saying, look, we'd like to sign you. So... That's um. That's how that's it happened, and they and they're the ones that obviously got you the audition for EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. an amazing story, and it's good for people to hear that you don't need to have done like years at drama school and um stuff. Like it is possible to suddenly change and do it. Obviously, you need the talent, but um, you know, it's, it's I think it's a great story that that you yeah that's how it happened. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think um, again, like yeah, like you just said you don't net there's not one set route do you know what i mean especially the, this day and age there's so many platforms there's so many ways to create content these days it's not like as cut and dry as it used to be you know if, you, if you've not been to drama school if you've not done this or that you ain't getting through the door i feel like it's slightly different especially like now oh yeah i mean you can just i mean even for my jobs you can just message people on social media as well do you know i mean you could you've got direct access to people which is amazing and kind of has its downsides as well but then following EastEnders, you did, which also people do, and it's brilliant, you did Panto. I mean, that must have been, obviously, we all know it's great doing Panto when you leave the stage, you get really good money. But that, <laughs> what was that? Because that would have been, was that your first first big theatre stuff as well? I'll be honest, Panto was a huge eye-opener for me. Um, because the, you, you turn up, you know, you're surrounded by all this talent. And I, I mean, and they're like surrounded by talent. They can sing, they can dance, they can act. And you turn up and... Honestly, this was my, like a genuine experience. Like I turned up, and you know, you're—I suppose you're the it's name of the yeah, or, or whatever. And um, you know, I, <laughs> I can't sing and I can't dance, <laughs> and and uh, I suppose that subconsciously there's this expectation of you to be able to do all these things. And uh, I just remember I've done panto twice, and both times I remember seeing a disappointment on everyone's face when, when I started dancing. Oh no! <laughs> you're a good <laughs> and um so and singing as have, well did right? you have songs as well but you can sing you you can sing a little bit a tiny bit but I've, I've, since that point I've, i kind of come away from it and i was like you know what i really need to work on that side of things like, i love acting i love straight acting i'm passionate about it all but i was like you know what i need to add something else to the game so that's why i do my vocal lessons in the morning just just trying to improve myself really to be honest and did you like panzer because i think the thing with panzer that everyone says is it's one of the strangest experiences because there's no, like, you break the fourth wall, do you know what I mean? And you speak to the audience. Did you find that weird or was that kind of quite nice, having that relationship with the audience? 
Yeah, it, I think it was strange to to begin with. It's yeah. Um, oh, I've got, I've got still, so my first one was in the in Wrexham in North Wales, and um, one of my shows. I thought, you know what? I'd like to connect with the audience. It was a Welsh speaking school that had come up to see this this show. So <laughs> as I as I come out, I thought I asked a couple of Welsh people. I said, look, I'd, I'd like to say you know hello, blah blah blah, oh, and. Um, in Welsh, because it's Welsh-speaking school, this, you know, come out, make a bit of an impression, hopefully, you know, get them on side or whatever. So I've come out and I've gone, Sumairos, which is, I thought it meant, hello, how are you, and all that. And, uh, yeah, you could hear it, literally hear a pin drop. Oh, no. No reaction. Honestly, I just wanted the floor to swallow me up at that moment. But, you know. What, so what had you said? No, I, t- I, I think I just said it wrong. I- <laughs> right, okay. And so now, Tony, you're obviously, you retrain, you're a fireman, which is, uh, what a, you know, another changing crew. It's amazing. But that, what what was the, what made you decide to do that? Yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying it, to be fair. It's, um, yeah, so I was, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a journey since EastEnders, you know, a few bits and bobs have gone on and uh, I've started about I've started businesses, I've closed businesses down, I've sort of chased that side of things, always been in and around the acting, done a few bits of bobs. And as we all know, acting is like any actor will tell you, it's that's the hardest profession. Do you know what I mean it's not at all yeah. easy to you still got to put food on the table, mate. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah. And uh yeah, one of my good friends, he was he was in the fire brigade and he said, like, would have you considered have you considered would you consider joining? They're recruiting at the moment and uh it just really appealed to me. So I went through, you know, I applied for, applied, you know, put the application in and uh, yeah, I got through. So we were very fortunate. Amazing, mate. What an amazing job to be doing. I think we need to like release a Christmas Tyler Moon fireman calendar now. We'll rake it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I better get myself in shape then because lockdown's not been good, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, right, Matt. So you were born in 1989 as well in Surrey. You've got Canadian and Lithuanian origin from your father's side. Did you ever spend any time in Lithuania? No, I've never spent any time in Lithuania. My dad was born in uh, my dad was born in Canada, um, and his mother was Irish and his father was Lithuanian. So I've got a bit of Irish in me as well. Um, I actually feel like a bit like Jason Bourne because I've got like three passports. I've got an Irish, a Canadian, and a British. So Do you? I'm, That's amazing. I'm, I'm basically Jason Bourne. Um, <laughs> basically. But, yeah. But yeah, so um, but I never really he he sort of died when I was younger, so I never really knew him. Um, so there's never been, and we we haven't got any sort of like family over there, what not that I know of. So I've never sort of been, but I do want to go um, and sort of see where their heritage sort of like came from and everything. Yeah, it's actually really lovely out there. But so you studied, you did study at where did you study in London? So I did a Italia Conti, the straight acting course in Clapham Which, North. One of the amazing places. So was mm-hmm. how did you find, so had you always wanted to act from a younger age? Did you always know that's where you wanted to be? Yeah, so like I love playing football. Um, I've got like, I've, I've got ADHD and I'm dyslexic. So it's quite hard for me to like do like sort of English and science and everything like that. But I always wanted to perform. I always had a thing for sort of artistic things. Um and that's what I really wanted to do. My nan was an actress um, and I just wanted to follow in her footsteps, really. And Amazing. I managed to do it. So, uh, so yeah, it was just, it was just, um, just something I've always wanted to do. So Atelier Conti was amazing. I was there for um, three years. So, uh, but I didn't, I didn't stay in London. I stayed on the outskirts so in Surrey. So I was commuting every day. So there was sort of no time to do anything else but to study and train and, and hard graft, really. And so was it, You, how soon was it after you left that you got EastEnders really quickly? Quite quickly. I signed with, uh, I signed with uh, Global Artists straight away. Um, and, and how then, does it work? Sorry, mate. How does it work? Is it kind of part of the parcel that you get an agent or not? So, so where it's different to sort of like how Tony did it and like I've, I've, I've always said to Tony, like I always admired what he's done because he's, he's grafted, you know, he's grafted at it. He hasn't just um, sort of like... A lot of people do just sort of like, you know, you see them on the screens and they never were an actor, but they've all grafted to be where they are today. It doesn't yeah. just land on your lap. So that's why I've always got a lot of respect for Tone. Um, but for me, it was um, it was still the same sort of graft, but you kind of you kind of get um, a bit more of insight to it. We do a, at the end of the three years, you do you do something called a showcase, which is like a little lunchtime sort of it's like an hour show. You get to do like a monologue if you want. You get to do like a scene with another person or you get to sing a song. So I decided to do a monologue and a scene. And it's basically you invite agents to come and see you. 
and it's usually at lunchtime because it's usually during their lunch breaks. They literally pop in. Some agents are there for the whole thing. Some are there for like 10 minutes. They look, they see the program, they look, they know what they want to see or they look what they're looking for and then they're gone. So it's always that thing of you, you do you do your showcase and then you run around the front to where your CVs are and you just sort of like you count how many are left. And, oh, right, uh, okay. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's what happens really. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that happened and then uh, I was... I was quite fortunate enough to have a choice between a few agents um and then i auditioned for um i auditioned to play to play charles bronson actually in a in a documentary um it was like my first audition i'd ever been to and uh, it was quite a stranger actually i don't think i'm going to tell this story to anyone um it was uh i had to go in and they were like okay uh charles was very notorious we want you to like imagine that you're robbing a bank so you need to go outside and then come back in and rob a bank um, I went outside and I, I found a pole around the corner and I went in there with a pole and I smashed the place to pieces. <laughs> so, yeah, I flipped the table over, I dragged the fella by his things and they were like, oh, oh no, 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 calm down, calm down. I was like, no, give me the fucking money, where's my money? And I, I was, yeah. And they were like, ah. And then I got a call from my agent and she was like, um, they really, really liked you. I was like, oh, they were like, yeah, but they said you smashed the place up. I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> got, you've got the job but you owe them 20 quid yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they would have been thinking oh my god on set we won't have any set left yeah but I was quite young and they said to me you up for shaving your head because um, obviously Charles Brooks was known for having a shaved head and I was like I'm, not really because like it's, it was my first audition and it, it was it was just it was a documentary but it wasn't like a massive thing and yeah. I was like no I don't want to cut myself short for something so quick um, so they got me to play his, they got me to play his brother so I played his brother in this documentary, which was just, it was, it was a nice little thing. It was like a, like, you know, when you watch someone's like documentary of their life and it cuts to like people playing them sort of like, oh, yeah, like the, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a bit like that. And then my second audition was EastEnders and, um, and then, yeah, the rest was history. And you didn't have to smash the ream up in EastEnders. <laughs> no, I didn't there. It was Brian lovely. Brian would have been going, getting, up, getting, to the, uh, getting to the BBC studios, going up there and seeing like Julian Crampsey and everyone, and everyone was ever so nice. I didn't feel like I had to smash anything up. Yeah. So then after, I mean, you've done loads since. I mean, let's quickly mention Dancing Ice, obviously, that you did. It's one of the, obviously, oh, yeah. a huge show. I mean, that must have been, I think it's great when you've been in a big show that you can, because I, I mean, I don't want to be a 70, but I'd love to go on the street. I'd love to out to learn to do those dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it must was it? It must have been an amazing experience. Could you ice skate beforehand? No, I couldn't. It was you know I I could I could go around the rink because like obviously I could I went down the rink with the boys when I was sort of like six, 15, 16, and I could kind of stand up and skate around. But <laughs> it's a totally different skating. You know, you're proper. You're on you're on skates. You're dancing. You're moving at, at speed with someone else, having to pick them up above your heads. But I've got a quite. Um, I'm one of them people that if I do something, I in my head I want to be the best at it. Yeah. So I will train as hard as I can to do to be the best at it. Um, and I mean, I was really, I was lucky enough to go all the way to the final. I lost in the final, but you know, I had a, I oh, got amazing, the, yeah. I got to skate the bolero, and that's what I was happy with. I mean, that's what a thing to look back on again. You got to skate the bolero with Torvaldina, like how amazing. Yeah, there was it was uh, working with them was just you know they I I got so much energy off them, and they probably got too much energy off me because I was just so high <laughs> up. Um, and it's such a nice, I've known a few people who've gone on it and spent loads of time with like Dan Whiston and Matt Evans and stuff. There's such a nice team, isn't it? It's such a, it's such a lovely team. Dan's, Dan's like in charge of all the, because I got, they invited me down last year to go and watch it. Um, and I went down to the studios, I think the season where Perry was in it and Joe Yeah, Swash he's like the head choreographer now, isn't he? Yeah, he's like the head choreographer and like they're all still there. The whole team's still there. And it's just, it's just lovely to see that they're doing so well. And it's, it's back on now and it's like, it's nice to see because it had a little break after, I think after me, they did the champion of champions and then they had a break for like two three years Mate, after you they were like we can't we can't we need a few years off because like we need a few years off because you have you have drained us that's yeah. what they call it you have drained did us did you have any near misses though did you have any like near near uh fingers off or anything oh yeah well, I, did, I had loads i was i was too hyper i was getting I, there's a lovely lady called sharon who's the physio down there she used to shout at me every day. Matt, stop doing that. Matt, oh, Matt, head Matt, no, Matt, no. And I was like, I'm gone. See, you later. I like cracked my hips. So like, um, I think the flying. They, I think they were more scared about when it was the semi-finals and I had to fly, and um, they gave me the lift where I just had to pick um, my skating partner up uh, by her feet and then just like fly her across the ice. And if oh I dropped her, she was tired. But 
yeah, it was it was great. I loved it. I think and, and Tone Tone, you came down and watched, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Would you ever do anything like that, Tony, or not? Uh, do you know what? I'd like to. I'd like to, Lee. It's just, um, yeah, no, I would. I would. I'd, I'd give it a go, definitely. I'd give it a go. Well, those shows, again, for listeners watching, it's not like you just get it. Often you have to kind of audition for it, don't you? Those get no. Yeah, I had, to, I had to audition for, for Dance for Nice. So I had to go down and, and um, they kind of film you and you skate. And I couldn't really skate, but I, I was having such fun with Karen Barber. Um, who was one of the judges at the time and, and the head coach there as well. And I had such a fun time with her. She was in hysterics. She was, she was hitting me by the end of it, telling me to stop mucking around and everything. So I saw different people down there. Like I know Marlon from Flawless, he was auditioning. I think Jodie Marsh was auditioning as well. So it's all different people auditioning. But then, yeah, you, you, it's kind of like a, a process, really. Oh, I know some really big names that haven't got Strictly. And you're like, oh, my God. But, yeah, they... Uh... Yeah. But it's like you've also I, I did it in the same year as Pamela Anderson. I mean, I was like, oh, did you? Oh, amazing. Yeah. She went out week one. That was like, what? They, man, yeah. like, she would have got paid and they lost her on week one. I know. I think they paid her a, a, a quarter of a million. And, and uh, yeah, she went out week one. She was known because her, um, her, she's known for her, you know, her assets. And it came out. They came out. Oh, did they? What? On telly? Yeah. yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt. She was doing a lift with Matt and they just, like a lift. Oh, lift. my yeah. God. You also, you toured the country with loads of plays, Bill, Kemwrights, Joseph, you've done Staying Alive. I mean, that must be incredible. I think always touring the country with a show like that's amazing because people, loads of people who don't get to the West End get these shows on their doorstep. That must have been an incredible kind of feeling, doing those kind of massive shows. Yeah, it was, it was a massive. I mean, EastEnders gave me such a sort of like step up because, it, you know, I might not have ever been seen for these things because I, I, I love to sing and I love to dance, but obviously I trained as an actor. So I don't have that musical theatre background, but I but I um I really enjoy doing it and I can do it. Um, so when I auditioned for for Bill uh, for for Joseph and I went down and, and did some singing for them, um, I think I was with someone called Tom De Kaiser and they were asking me to do it and they played and I sang and he stopped and he was like, oh, thank God you can sing. And I was like, why? He's like, because we 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 were we're talking about you doing the show and we didn't even know if you could sing. We just you know we were told you you were good. And I was like, oh, thanks. It really means a lot. But Bill working for Bill was amazing. He's such a nice fella. Like he supports a massive Everton fan. We you know he, he's a chairman of Everton. But what, what a nice guy. Oh yeah, and he has so many productions. I mean, so many so many of the tours. So many productions. Yeah, he's I never got me that- back in for another one. But you know. The best, uh, right, yeah, the best. Probably thing. smashed the gaff up, mate, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, and then obviously acting's still on your agenda, but like, I'm mean, only bringing this up because I think it's a really important point. Like, you've been building, which is, which is totally fine. And obviously there's yeah. a press article, which I think, I spoke to this back with on the other podcast the other day with someone, how disgusting it is that the press do that. I think it's a really bad, bad thing to do, isn't it? Like, there's nothing wrong with acting as doing other stuff but it's perceived as being wrong by the press which is just I think disgusting I mean it must be hard to have articles like that because it's you know do you know what I mean it's just it's so wrong it was it was wrong and I think it was I, I, I called him out on it as well I had called her out on Twitter and I yeah, no, just asked her to explain herself and I messaged her on Instagram but I never heard nothing back but um I don't know I don't know if you saw it Tom but it was basically just like because I was doing a bit of building work they were like um Matt is no longer an actor or like failed yeah, EastEnders actor yeah. has now become a builder and everything. I was like, you know what? That's just rude. Like, especially the time we're in, like, you know, we're going through a pandemic. Like you said, Tony, you know, you've got to put food on the table. You've got a, I've got a mortgage to pay and everything. But there's so, also like, nothing wrong with that job. Like people do that as a living. Like, it's to yeah, be they, they were, that, and that's what I took offense to because I work with some great builders that do yeah. amazing work. And it was like, you know, he's no longer actor. He's now a builder offering free quotes. It's like, Everyone gives free quotes. How are you supposed to give work if you're going to charge people to go around and quote? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, just, it was just a nonsense article. And I was just like, there's no need to, to, to bring this up or even publish it. And they were, they were taking like pictures and stuff of my Instagram of me, like, you know, just to my stories, like, just like up on a roof today, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, I was just like, it was really funny because I was, I was building and the story came out. And the next day I was filming in London. Um, with, uh, with with Tom Lister, uh, with Aston, with uh, boys from Twist and Pulse, um, we did like a, 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 a panto film this year because obviously all our pantos are cancelled. Which was yeah, with Tom. So like I went in, I went in, and everyone was like, "Are you okay?" Like you know, we, we, everyone was like, "We saw the article," and it's just, and I was like, "It's so strange, isn't it?" Because now I'm here with you guys, and we're creating something magical, and it's just. 
Oh, I mean, just, you have to ignore them. I just, I just think it's, yeah. uh, it just needs to stop that kind of thing. I think it's terrible and um, yeah. just good, good for calling them out. There. I just think it's, you know, yeah. especially after what's happened through, like, you know, people yeah. public eye. It's just not good the press doing that. So stop doing it, press. Uh, I think if they would have wrote it like, you know, through these troubled times, actor tries to like, you know, support himself and do this and like wrote it as like a credible article. It would have been, it would have been fine. But calling me like a failed actor and and, and this sort of thing, I was just like, that's 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 wrong. No, that's rude. Really out of order. And I think it's a really serious thing because you see people like Daniela Westbrook and stuff when they're constantly on that attack, and it's uh, yeah, it's horrible. It's like, not good for your mental health either. I mean, no. I, I'm luck. I'm lucky enough to be quite a quite a positive person. I always I always try and push myself to do and whatever anyone says about me, I, I take it on the chin. I'm me, and that's that. Um, but I think for someone that might be like, you know, not a stable, it could really affect them. And I don't think that should happen. I don't want that to happen to somebody else. No, totally. Well, boys, it's been amazing to have you on. Thank you so much. It's been great to reminisce and catch up and good yeah, luck. Thank you. Yeah, good to, good to catch up with you, mate. Yeah, we'll definitely try to have a beer when we can actually see people in real life. Um, but Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, guys, for being on and good luck with everything you do. Cheers, mate. Pleasure. Yeah, nice one, Lee. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, mate. Cheers, guys. Take care. Take care, mate. All the best. Bye. See you later, Tom. Love you. Thank you to Tony and Matt's two lovely, lovely guys. And I remember their first day so well on set on EastEnders. I'm sure you enjoyed them reuniting then and coming back together. Remember this series, there are two episodes every single Sunday. The other episode this week is with the brilliant Cherie Murphy, who, again, I've had lots of fun with in Leeds she's amazing so make sure you tune into that one as usual thank you to David and Eileen Stevens and the Bothy for all their edit and technical wizardry and also to Ian McCallum for all of his press and PR help interact with me all week on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram Twitter and Facebook stay safe and I'll see you next week <laughs>